0: Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. Returning guest, I checked. You were on the show five years ago. You were like my 10th guest. And back then I said, what a legend you are and how much your comedy and your work has meant to me over the years. And it really has. Thanks Thanks for coming back. The great Colin Quinn. So I was watching. First of all, it was hilarious because I'm watching... um, colin's newest special which is called red state blue state and it's on netflix now and it came from this one man show that you did sure and i'm watching it the other night and it's killing me i'm halfway through and i write you this note can you come on i want to pod again because i have there's it raised so many questions to me and right after i wrote you that was your big huge dig at podcasts oh yeah (laughs) which is great you say what plato and plato and aristotle when they would run into each other yeah it was it
1: Yeah, well, you do my... uh, I said ancient Greece was... Ancient Athens was one giant podcast. Yeah. oh, you come to my... uh, The Nature of Truth. I like to go around just to annoy most people, you
0: know. Yeah, because they don't... It's part of the fun of comedy is... Annoying people. He's a fucking pretentious asshole. Yeah, pretentious it's prick. What is a gore. Oh, it's great. you uh, it, It's awesome. when You say the uh, one guy goes up to the other. Hey, can you tell me about the nature of truth? or right, right, you, right, right. Hey, oh, It's funny. I was just thinking about whatever. <laughs> but yes, I thought you were going to say Williamsburg. And when you said uh, podcast, it, it killed me. Right, Um right, right. But uh, you must find yourself doing podcasts all the time. No, I, I – I, you should be honored. Even all
1: my friends, I don't do their podcast. They all they all pissed at me. You don't do Bobby's podcast? I've done it a couple of times. I can't do it. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm just... You know what I mean? Like, I've done very few podcasts.
0: I am flattered. I feel great that you're Very here. few
1: podcasts. I mean, now I've decided to try to do more, but it's just... You know, it's very painful. Why? Because I feel like it's this conversation. It's, it's insane. It's part of the insanity of the world now. Why is it insane? I don't know. I just feel like everyone's just always... Having the same conversation,
0: <laughs> you would prefer to be like, "Good to see you." Yes, see you later. Yeah, that's it. I just no, I just feel like I mean, I'm like those uh,
1: ancient tribes that think like a picture steals your soul. Like I feel like my creativity, if, I, if I'm on too many podcasts, it steals my, uh, my, you know, my. I won't be able to write because well, you, you know, I mean, Hemingway you know, the juice. Well, Hemingway calls it
0: the juice. When people say, you know, you, if you say it, you don't have to write it. Well, Hemingway would really he would talk about say, "Don't talk out. You're not. Don't talk the novel out." Right. Don't tell your friends over at the Algonquin right, Round Table
1: right. what you're
0: going to write about because you'll never write the book. Yeah, because you already got it out. He always. Did. You ever read the? You ever read his collected, uh, all Hemingway's like collected thoughts about writing? No. All right. Th- I'm going to get you that. As a that I you will it. have that within the next week. Oh, I nice. give you my word. Thanks. It's a slim little thing. He didn't talk about it that much, but over right. that long career, and they collected it, and it's just the smartest shit about how to protect that part of yourself. Great, that does this. So, Colin, I
1: don't know if you want to take advice from a guy that ate his gun, but well, no, no, no. don't take the life advice from him, but the writing advice. I I mean, even take the life advice from him. I mean, the guy's running around Spain and bullfights and wars, and I mean, he's kind of an exciting guy hunting, and you know, he's like a real
0: yeah, you do all that, and then when he couldn't do all that stuff, I mean, you know, it's hard to run away. You you wish you ran with the bulls, Colin. That's what you want. You want to run with the bulls, no, but
1: I wish I was around and like. If we're running the bulls the way it was described in uh, whatever son also
0: Rise. yeah, like
1: that 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 kind of running with the bulls. The, may, the way he made it sound like this, you know,
0: just romantic. Everything was so romantic, you know. Oh yeah, well, but even at the end of the book, he says, uh, "Isn't it pre- isn't it pretty to think so?" Oh, yeah. I, you know, it ain't it. It's not the real thing. But all right, dude, sir, how I got I'm going to go at you in the full uh, pretentious podcast way because Good. I want I want you to go deep here Be- okay. because the special. You know, you, I watch Chappelle, I watch Burr. I think a lot in writing the show about how you do any kind of art, any kind of personal expression, with the world, our country, as divided as it is. And you chose to take it head on. Was it hard for you to? Now I know the prior show was about America too. But was it hard for you to decide? All right, I guess I'm going to tell everybody like where I think this really lives. How did you figure it out? Well, it wasn't hard for me at all
1: because my mother, my mother died a year ago, about a year ago, almost today. Sorry, couple well, Thanks, but I knew my mother would be very proud of a show that really attacks everybody and indicts everyone and makes them all complicit. Like it was almost like it almost like channel her. My director <laughs> was this guy Bob Marisco, who she loves when we worked on the Irish Wake years ago. So I just knew, like, she would be so happy. That, you know, like, you know, real Irish people really believe everyone is guilty in a certain way. That's why I would say. You mean York, fallen from the beginning?
0: That everyone's fallen at the, at the that's start? That's why the Catholic
1: Church, I feel like we're the only ones that took it serious. I talk about the New York story, like how the Italians and Puerto Ricans, they, they, they go to church, but they like make it... They're, they're breaking all the, you know, the shame based part of the Catholicism. <laughs> and the Irish people just were like, yes, this, yes. And so I feel like. Everybody bearing responsibility was like, you know, the show, you know, even though I'm trying to get laughs all the whole time, I'm trying to scold everybody, including myself. So that's basically, you know, so I was never, I was never, I didn't
0: feel like, oh, where's this going? I was like, yes, I know my mission statement. You're, and yes, your and your mission. And and how would you sum up what that mission sta- statement is? I mean, I, I, I think I have a sense of it, but I want to hear it fr- from you. Well...
1: I mean, I don't know. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Basically, that people are talking a lot of shit right now. And guess what? I don't want everyone Don't here's the real Catholicism. Don't come crying to me when we're drenched ankle deep in blood, because that's where this kind of shit goes. That's basically what I'm saying. You're it's like, saying everybody this- likes to talk shit, but guess what? When it comes down and we're in the streets with machetes, I don't want people going, "How did this happen?" It happened because everybody likes to lip off. You know what I mean? Everybody likes to you know, get nasty with each other on social media, but that doesn't just stay on social media eventually, it becomes something. But so you, you know.
0: yeah, but you also go really, that's true, and you you do hit our foibles, for sure, like, you definitely hit the surfacey bullshit between people. You know, there's a great moment when you talk about what we, sex stuff we do and all that. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, you also really do look at what it is about the president that in the way you frame it, that kind of bullshitted it like the, you know, you do this long, I mean, it's kind of the center of the show is this long bit where you don't impersonate his voice, right. but where you basically talk in Trump's vernacular. And right. it, it, it does feel like the thing is kind of built around that as a, as a turning.
1: Well, first of all, I did think I was doing his voice. No, no, but no. um,
0: I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm a, you're a hero to make
1: I, uh, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying in my mind, I was like, that's a good Trump. <laughs> and all you do
0: is one person go, hey, that's pretty good. And you're like, yeah,
1: that's good. Nobody, um, I thought of
0: the project. But no, that's what I'm saying. Right. The impression's brilliant, but you're not worried about the voice as right. much as you're worried about capturing his essence, yeah. which you did do. Sure. So, but talk a little bit, if you would, about what you see when you look at the way people are relating to the idea of him
1: and to, him. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I'll tell you it from there. I'll tell you the side you'll never hear, which is the positive side of him which is the one positive quality he has, but it's a big one in today's society, is he is not afraid of social media and internet abuse. And every Democratic candidate, I've been watching the debates, every Democratic candidate raises their hand for everything (laughs) because they're so scared of their extreme left. I mean, maybe he he plays the extreme right, they play the extreme left, and people don't seem to understand that... Most I feel like most of the people that voted for Trump, everyone's like they're racist. They just wait to come out and say like, I don't believe that. I believe most of them are people that they've been the fall guy, as we know in showbiz, for example. They've been the bad guy, the only acceptable villain for thirty years. You know what I mean? It's the, the red the, state, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and these small-minded supposedly small-minded people, and so they're the they're the go-to stock villain, and they don't like it. So when they had a chance to make people on the left as infuriated as they get, they took it. And this guy, you know, who's more infuriating than him? I mean, who's more makes people's blood? I mean, it's insane. It's almost an art, in the way he does it every time. But but I'm saying, so that's what I think. I think he's a, you know, he's basically people going, I'll I'll pull the hand grenade on you and me. And if I die too, too bad, because you're making my life miserable too. And I feel like that's part of
0: it. Yeah, but talk a little bit more about that, that that what you're... Uh, it's almost like you're, you're not excusing. It seems to me like you do take pains to try to understand how each of these groups thinks.
1: Well, I mean, I don't take pains to. It's just it's just how I always feel. I feel like everything's like everything happens because everybody's looking out for whatever whatever's for their best interests. But so. but
0: when you say those, some people are like, I don't care if it crushes me. Because I was talking to some political yeah. guy yesterday, uh, David Pluff who ran Obama's campaign. I know you're sure. on the thing. Yeah, and. And and he was saying, um, I asked him why do you think people vote against their own interests sometimes? Right. And he's like, well, I think that's an elitist idea. But I was like, no, no, no. But sometimes you can just look at the, look at it, and they they do vote against themselves. Your point is because they're past thinking the, these people will help them.
1: Well, because they know they don't care. When you put people in a certain position where they don't care. I mean, anybody, you know, any group gets to a point where you're taking basically like their souls. They're like, okay, good, I'll blow the whole thing up, and I don't give a damn. And I mean, who's more, you know, who's more like a, a archetype of apocalypse than Trump? I mean, he's the perfect example of this kind of, you know, this weird, like, symbolic, like, you know, like, everybody knows one thing about him. Nobody doubts he'll push the button. I mean, if he gets the chance. Nobody can doubt that. But when you don't care, when people, like I said, minimizing these people and treating them like these, you know, these idiots said out loud I'm not saying something that's subtle it was subtle like you know in show business it was a little bit on social media it's like what do you think people are going to do with that they're going to sit there and go you know what they're right about me I really am narrow minded I do have a you know unconscious uh, paternalist it's like you really think you're going to play this game and, and human beings human beings don't react to shit like that the way you want them to that's not the whole thing of you right it's
0: to. said to go really okay fuck you yeah fuck you too if that's and what you know, think you of you me let's you, all go let's all let's go. go yeah Right, and and you think rather than thinking, rather than believing Trump when he's like, "I'm the least violent. I'm not gonna." Their part of their something in their subconscious is like, so if he pushes the button, he pushes the button. This isn't so great right now, anyway. Right,
1: that's what I feel like. I feel like he's the uh, you know he's this guy that came. You know, do you travel these one man shows around the whole country? hour come around. Um, what did you say? I said rough beast. hour yes. come around like Yates, you know. Yeah. The, um, do I feel? Do I travel around? Sure. Not with this one, but the Yates. Other by the way, plays like
0: very big with Trump voters. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes. But, but, but I'm Keats. Saying. I mean, Keats, not so much, but Yates. Yeah. <laughs> Yates, they love. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's. I do feel like. Uh, yeah. No, I travel around. Sure. And and do you talk, so when you do, do you change your act at all? So you do the one-man no, show, you do the act. way it is. Yeah, you can never change but, your But act. did you, t- for a long time, you weren't doing, you weren't touring a lot, or were you always touring a lot? I mean, I was always
1: touring sporadically, but I mean, never, not like full tour, like I'd rather do shows that where I can just be thematic, and like I was doing clubs, and clubs, you know, you can't be thematic for five seconds before, you know, people are like, hey...
0: Change the subject. It's like oh god. Well, I was going to ask you if you start with the theme. I had that down to ask you, so you led to it. Because the shows are put together so brilliantly, and so uh, the themes that run through them are so strong. So I'm uh, as a writer, and I'm wondering a couple things about it, and talk as much as you can. Um, one, do you start with theme, and then kind of test all the everything against the theme? And 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 two. How do you work up the act? Because can you do it in in bits at the? Like, how do you work the yeah. act up?
1: Yeah, like if I go on the road, let's say I go to like
0: average club, whatever, right?
1: So, you know, crowds in clubs. If it's sex, they it's like a, it's like a church. The reverence infuriates me to this day. So I have that sex stuff, right? Yeah,
0: well, you, oh, that's a great moment when you look so, right at that. You're like, uh, or maybe what you do, and you look at the most conservative-looking woman in the crowd oh. and guy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs>
1: And the uh, Yeah, so I'll do the sex material. So, of course, that gets every crowd's attention. So you try to do your stuff in between stuff that you know will be, you know what I mean? That you know will keep people's attention. So you try to do all your stuff that you feel is you know, more uh, complex or whatever, try to do it in between the other stuff and then I just yell at them half the time, you know. I'm like, you motherfuckers, I'm telling you this shit, this is fucking funny. I wrote, I bothered to do the homework of the fucking, make sure it's got a joke and you motherfuckers don't laugh at it. and then they all applaud and laugh, you know. Right, like, so sure, you, to, you get them. Well, that's it's a combination of
0: what you do with people. I mean, mean that's because you've been doing this for a have been long doing long this time, for a long you're a master time. you it. But different from the way you... When you get up late at the cellar, you're doing something else. You're trying no, stuff out. I'm trying all that stuff out, yeah. That's the what I'm saying. Stuff. Yeah. you you Then you're, you're... It seems to me... Well, I haven't seen you at the cellar in a while, but you used to get up and only kind of do the new stuff and not worry right. about...
1: Yeah. I used to bomb a lot. I mean, I've, I always tell people I bomb more than anybody in the history of comedy, I believe. But yeah, you used to just enjoy it,
0: it looked like to me. I, don't,
1: I didn't enjoy it, but I knew no other... There could be no other way for me, but I didn't enjoy it. I want to even when you were
0: laughing at it you weren't really enjoying it no
1: I mean I was enjoying the moment but I would rather have been killing I didn't come into comedy to bomb but I mean and I didn't come to comedy to play to the band but it just ended up that way when I first started comedy from day one the comedians I was on Jay Moore actually once goes oh you're a dog whistle for comedians and that's it and that's really no it's for the band
0: I get that completely I once had Billy Crystal once came into our editing room and uh, you know and and but he, he wanted to see an actor who was in one of our movies, and he came in, and a joke came by, and, you know, it was the great Billy Crystal, and I was young, it was very early in my career, and I was so nervous, and a joke went by, and he just went, oh, you threw one in for the band. That was the first time I ever heard it. And I was, right. go fuck yourself, honestly, right. you're in my editing room, you gotta make me feel that shitty. Like, what do you gotta do that to me for? Yeah. Man, why you gotta hurt me like that? yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't go around telling people their Trump impression isn't great. <laughs> don't. <laughs> What are you don't want to not the first person to tell <laughs> it to me. Don't, don't do that to me. Don't don't hurt me that way. But um, all right, I want to stay with this because people always ask these questions to me about like how you know you're doing it right. The comedians loving your stuff from the beginning. That must have felt to you like okay, I have some constituency. It
1: kept me in the business. It kept me in comedy. It's the only thing that kept me in comedy. Because why? I- because I bombed so much that I was like, obviously, I don't belong in this business. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was reading the room and going, I don't do well that often. I don't
0: do well, well that now often. Now you kill every time you go up. No, st-
1: yes. But I mean, no, I still have those. Believe me, I still have. I mean, when I go on the road, I be professional. But when I'm at the cellar, it's sixty percent, forty percent. That's basically it. Forty percent, you might
0: still die up
1: there. Die or not, do, or have to dig myself out of a hole. Almost. I mean, I'm. I'm Believe me, I'm not saying this bragging. I wish it was not true. I'm telling you, two nights ago, I had a, a, a Saturday night. Saturday night, I had three shows. I'm like, yeah, I really this new stuff is. Real. And then the fourth show, we I just, just get didn't off, work. We got off on the wrong foot. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I was a little fucking snotty because they were being a little drunk and rowdy, and that always pisses me off. So I said something offhanded. <laughs> oh, I wish beginning. I would have been there. Oh, oh. oh I wish I would have seen got, it. And you could just see them go, oh yeah. All right, motherfucker! You know, but the pleasure—the
0: pleasure that like the people who know you get from that—of
1: course, it's the best. Uh,
0: there's not like Havy, you know. Havy and I are like yeah. family. Yeah, and, when I, and nobody does this better than I mean, Havy. Right. When he gets, an, if you know, if they hit him the wrong way, yes, yes, know, he give up, shit, no, and we'll take it down. Yes, um, but but I want to go back to sorry. I could get lost in this inside baseball comedy stuff right, But for right, the right, audience. Right. I just want to talk for a second about theme. Got it. So here w- did you have the first idea was red state blue state or was the first idea i want to talk about america like what how because th- the ambition colin i under yeah. there's a huge ambition at play in this this is mark twain stuff that you're getting into right this is you're 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 you are playing in the deep water here uh, uh, it, you can't say, like, and it's intentional. This is Thurber Awards.
1: Sure, this is what like, this this comedy is, like is like supposed to be. Right. I was playing in deep water. When, See, when, it, not it, for everybody, but if you want to, you know.
0: Yeah, not for Gallagher.
1: Right, but, but I'm, well, I'm saying, not even like, not everybody. Like, I always have uh, these, when people are like, comedy has to be this, and I'm like, tell that to Mitch Hedberg. He's not hilarious, right? Right, but he's hilarious. Doing, so I'm saying, it doesn't I does not have him to all be, the time. But, right, exactly. But I'm
0: saying, but you're doing this but thing I like now where you're in the deep yeah. water. Right. So that's – uh it takes some balls and it also takes some self-confidence. Right. But – and I think it takes like nobody else is saying this, right? One of the things that makes you want to tell a story, people often ask me about calculating for the mar- – but it's like a lot of the time it's like is nobody saying this thing? I got to fucking say it, right. right? So what were you thinking about as you started doing this? How did – what what theme – came to you as an organizing principle.
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't exactly know what the, what that was, but I do know that it was like I was like, I had already done unconstitutional, yeah. which was the same theme but a few years ago. So I was like, I can't do the same thing. And I was like, yeah, I can, because this has changed completely now. It was it's before Trump, worse. before Trump was president and it's gotten much worse. And so I was like, you haven't covered it all. You could do ten specials about the place you live. It's right. not, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you're not talking about a small town, you're talking about a country with 50 states. And it, like
0: you said, it's got, it's it keeps shifting. So you did ask yourself that question, am I repeating myself? Because that's right. the thing. That art- was the first thing I'm worried about. Oh, this is huge. Because this is the thing, fucking people who do creative stuff worry about this yeah. constantly. Yeah. And it's crippling, right? Yes. You can walk around in a daze wondering, if I'm, am I repeating myself? Do I have anything new to say? Right. But you forced yourself over it.
1: But because how'd you
0: force yourself to get past it? Because, like I said, I I was like, well, this is you know, this is such a serious
1: time to not talk about it. Feels weird, like you, it's like the elephant in the room. This country at this point, every day. I mean, even now, I'm, I still talk about it a lot. But also, I was like, look, look at Scorsese. You know, example. You know what I mean? Like he when he does those mob movies. Those are the things that I'm just you know, obviously that would drive him nuts that everybody only wants that out of him. But I'm saying you want people to talk about their area that they've done all this work in. When you know so much
0: I do. I do. You I know agree. so much
1: about money and about men with money. So it's like when you go away from that, like when Scorsese does those, you know Yes, whatever those period pictures, you're like, okay, fine. But you've done so much, you're so above you're so shorthand on certain on subjects. These things. We no, want to hear you. Talk about another variation on that. No, so it's not it, the same
0: thing, but it's a variation. Right, it's not with you. You're you're um, a student of human nature. You've always been. And, and But somehow you're very good at this tribal stuff. Yeah. You've noticed this tribal stuff. And I mean, you t- it's funny, even in your early days of stand-up, you would talk about a different kind of tribalism, like the Burroughs. Right, <laughs> right, right. You no, know, right? Yeah. Noticing the ways somebody from Brooklyn and someone from the Bronx and someone from... St- how yeah. we're all... Different, even sure. though we're all New Yorkers. Yeah, you've just always noticed it. I always noticed personality.
1: Like my my thing I love is personality, and it's all based on where you're from and what your life experience is. So it's like everybody's personality. So you know what I mean. So somebody, you know, yes. But you're also a student
0: of history, right? So yes, but I mean the yeah. the thing is, right? You read a lot. I read a lot, and you remember what you read. I read. And you a think lot. about it, and you talk to your smart yeah. friends about it, yeah. and you're like engaged. Yes, in this. You're engaged in some sort of a continuum of a conversation about what it means to be American. Right, right. And that's big terrain. Sure, right.
1: But that's the same thing. What is Billions about? No,
0: it's about yes. what does it mean to be American. Yes, for a hundred percent. I think that from Rounders on, Dave and I have been writing about what it, it means to be a man. try you know, we write about men a lot. We write about women. we write about money. We write about money and con, money is and a, a big con, thing. yeah money. Um, the way we mythologize our reasons for right, right the, the way we self mythologize. Yes. The, the way that we use our bullshit to get what we want and yes. justify what we want. Yes. And I we do that through these guys who talk a certain it, way. Yeah. And we've been yeah. doing that for 25 years. Yes. That's what we do. But it's but but it's more than enough. You know, know what I mean? Like in, that's well, because you could write about that for. I could write about that a forever. Big thing. It's like, Yes. <laughs> it's so big. Yeah. Which is what you're doing in. Right. But when I watched your special, especially. Especially because, to me, it fits right in the middle of Burr's special and Chappelle's special, right? Because each guy is kind of out on a pole in a certain way. They're both at, they both faint toward the center at times. They both had to. Well, I wondered. Did, did, do you think both of them knew that they were going to engender the kind of reactions they were going to engender?
1: Oh, I would say definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if it, but I know both of you them. Know both those guys. And I know comedians, and I'm sure both of them were like. Yeah, you know what? I'm sick, and everybody's like, "Well, you know, he went, ah, yeah, of course they love it. I mean, they love it, but it's you know, it's their job. They're doing, they're doing, you know, God's work in the comedy community. In my opinion, yeah, doing that kind and, of I, stuff. And you
0: know, I got, I've gotten a lot of shit for love. I love Chappelle's special. I, I, right, right. I have a lot of transgender friends. I have a lot of sure. friends who are gender non-binary. All that stuff. Yeah. I really, I understand their struggle completely. Right, right. I watch Chappelle's special, and I see that opening, and I see. Well, the guy is saying if, if if you're a white person in America, you don't get to claim privilege. Right, right. Because we'll kill, you know, because our situation's much more precarious. So go fuck yourself. I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk <laughs> right, about. Right, right. What. Uh, were you but the, but seeing the reaction that those guys got or knowing it? I mean, your special right. came out a little bit before, but you had sure. to see this continuum. Were you nervous about how this was all going to be received? Your own?
1: No, because I'm not received. Like I don't get any reviews. I don't get any. There's I'm not. Uh, I'm 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 invisible in this kind of situation, and I've been just my specials don't get. There was no there was no review. There's no like. Publicity on my spread. It's not. No, no, like I know the, that
0: that's true because I'm just looking at the date. Because it's October 24th. Yeah. I watched it on October 22nd. Yeah. And I wrote you the second I saw it. Yeah. Because I didn't know about it. Yeah. Even so it's though, not the same as Chappelle Barbell launch. Right. I mean, it's it, a whole
1: different ball game. People just, you know, I mean, you I know mean obviously,
0: I mean? you get to tour and you've become. I mean, I wonder about this. You had a yeah. long time where you weren't as success. I mean, it's funny. You were famous very young. Right. Very famous very right. young. Right. And then there was a period of time where you were still famous, but it wasn't as – you weren't regarded as this American artist in the way that you are now. Does it feel different to you? Even though you say people aren't noticing this – No, only
1: comedians. Like I said, in the comedy world –
0: uh, even the, the, when you toured Unconstitutional, when I tour, you were written about everywhere. The Times, everybody wrote about you on Unconstitutional.
1: No, they write about the, thea- the theater reviewers. Yes, review. the theater When theater you do a theater review, we get theater yes. reviews. But when you're doing a special, nobody would review even any Even if it's my... the same show? Look, even New York Story. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I'm not on Rotten Tomatoes for any of my specials. <laughs> nobody reviews my, my specials. But I mean, when I do theater reviews, they bring the reviewers down.
0: Yes. So they review
1: it. But I'm saying as far as being you know, in the... Public eye, as far as whoever the people that make these decisions to review specials, like I'm not on. I mean, it's, it's no percentage. I don't get any of these reviews, so I'm saying that does affect. It's good in New York to have theater reviews to sell tickets, but when I go on the road, you you might be shocked. Really?
0: But like, yeah, I don't sell. Well, you don't yeah. play theater. You don't play like these shows. I in the play theater. like maybe 300
1: theaters, you know, and uh, maybe. I
0: mean, that's great. Most comedians it's, can't it's do fun. that. I can't complain. No, it. it's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, many more people should be coming to the yeah yeah yeah. And here expensive. they do. Like when you play the Cherry Lane or wherever, right? But those get, shows get review- sell out. I get right? theater reviews here. Yeah, that's why. And you don't get a review because you don't play long enough span in these other well, places. Well, no, because you
1: don't have TV. Like they, their reviews are based on. They're not going to give theater reviews, but they'll give like uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm only doing one night. Yeah. But you, unless you're like in like. If Chappelle and Burr, for example, yeah. are doing their specials, people know them from reading online. They're not going
0: to read the theater reviews, and you know, right? And I guess Burbiglia, who's my guy, you know, right, I love my. Right, right. I guess he's just built this up for a yes. long time doing these one-person shows right, right, over right. and over again. Yeah, so that he's now, you know, yeah. he gets to play these theaters in a bunch of sure um, places. But I mean, you did Broadway, didn't you?
1: Yeah, when I first did my first show it was in mean, Broadway.
0: Yeah, it was That's good. Not, most people don't get to do Broadway. Oh no, it's pretty it was incredible. Yeah, is that something you want to do again?
1: Not really. I mean I like off Broadway. I always tell people like when I grew up in like the seventies and early eighties and shit, like off Broadway was like the cool thing.
0: Yes. So it's like Broadway's
1: great if you're Christian Channel with but I mean for me I don't give a shit. Like a, oh my name and bright lights that's why I did bro- – when I did Broadway, I wasn't even like more nervous than Off-Broadway. Because- I would pay a
0: lot to see you sing Popular. Uh, <laughs> no, if I could see you sing yeah. Popular on Broadway from her show. I mean, that's that'd a be great jo- that's uh, a great show. It's a great song. It's great, great to hear you sing that. But um,
1: yeah, so it's like one of
0: those, you know. Do you, do you feel though that – you know, I first came to New York on World Control. I told you this last time, but I was a contestant. You tried to make me laugh. I love In it. that shtick. Sch- I have a tape somewhere. It's incredible. But um, – and then you got SNL after that, and you were super, you know, uh, in the mainstream. But do you feel like you, somehow existing, not at the white-hot t- tip of celebrity, helped you be able to find these stories and stuff?
1: It, it, it definitely... That's a great question. And, it's, and you're right. It definitely helped me find what, I, what I'm supposed to be doing. That's yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah that's great. To yeah. really become a writer. Like, to, to become, really become a, write, a writer. Yes, you nailed it. I mean... I hate that that's the truth, but it is the truth. If, it, if I had just gotten whatever stuff, I really wouldn't have been, you know, I wouldn't have been able to say, no, no, you can't do that. You better be, if you want to get pleasure, what you consider pleasure, you better work as hard as you can at being funny in these c- serious
0: uh, subjects, you know, because that's where I get my pleasure, you know. You get your pleasure in the writing of it, Colin? In, no. Where do you get your pleasure? My
1: pleasure is if I can think of something that should not be getting a laugh from comedy audiences and it gets a laugh and they're like, you know, because they don't want to necessarily deal with that. They're out for a good time. And then, you know, a couple of drinks. And then if you can talk about something that you think is like a a complex idea or just a a way of looking at it, whatever, you know, and you're getting laughs, then I'm like all happy. You know what I mean?
0: Like that just gives me so much pleasure. Do you walk around the city and think about this stuff? Do you sit down and... Write in your notebook every day like i know jerry and you were super close friends do you is your approach similar to his with the discipline of the writing i mean i write every day but it's a whole different approach. what does that mean
1: i i just like to keep like he likes to uh perfect and to tinker with stuff you know like he'll take a bit and he wants to get every word right and every Before, like he, while performing it or like no? while performing it, but like uh like working on a car, you know what I mean. Like, yes, he's one of those guys that likes that. And me, I just like to, you know, what I mean, like, my concept is out first. Like, I'll, you know, what I mean. And I'm like trying to say it and trying to make sure I get it out so I remember it, and I'll write it down in a bunch of different places. So like, and then be. And
0: do you then, set time aside where you're going to write? No, but I always write every day. You know, but I don't how set do you write aside. every day? You mean on paper or walking around thinking?
1: No, on either on my phone or on my
0: on my laptop. You know. Is it a set, uh, Is it like I should write now, or you just like? Wha- are you I just, just want to write every day? You want to write. Yeah. And so you start thinking of ideas consciously, it, or it just happens? No,
1: no, just, just like like I'm sure you do. It's like I mean, I've read so much of your great advice on social media Thank about you. writing, which is basically correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is it's like working out. There's no there's no inspiration. You sit down and you start lifting weight, and then you start getting in shape. It's
0: not the other way around. It's not. I wish it were. We all... I, we well, have. we have, because we, we all have those moments. I know you do, It's because I've seen you, and I've seen it actually happen to you on stage. We mm-hmm. all have moments where we're walking through Central Park, and suddenly, out of nowhere, you know, if you do this for a living, and you're yes, in that mode, yes. and you're lucky enough to be one of those people who, who can do it. Right. You know, sometimes you'll be walking through the park, I'll be walking through the park, and like a whole hunk of dialogue will show up. I don't know. I wasn't trying for it. Yeah. And when that happens, you know, you're just trying to race the fuck. How do I fucking... Yes. You? Holy shit, I got to get this down somehow. And how am I not going to forget it? And now it's easier because we got these things. It used yes. to be... I would have to race through the park to get to something to write it down. Because we're both old enough that we didn't have the thing. Yeah, there's. Now yeah. that I have the stuff. But that happens, what, five times a year? You know yeah. that That's not the way it usually happens. For, right. For me, what usually happens is I have to sit down
1: yeah.
0: and start thinking about it. I have to start thinking. I have to yes. journal. I have to let my can move yes i have to yeah. i have to do the one of the great hemingway things my favorite is he would go he would wake up when it was still dark out because I know you like this writing shit as much as I do. He would wake up when it's still dark out. He had a standing desk, which too lazy. I'm, I can't. I, my,
1: Hemingway had him. a standing desk. He would go to the so ad- ahead of your time. Yeah,
0: he would go to this desk Jesus. and he would stand at it. And like, uh, but he said what he would love to he do had was a treadmill cold, desk. Yeah, on cold. Yeah, he had a treadmill desk. He had a bunch of like uh, <laughs> Cuban guys <laughs> underneath just move, but. He he would stand because he was in Cuba. I'm not. It's not a slur. I know. I'm just telling people he was was in Cuba, Cuba, and that's where he lived for a lot of time. So they would have been the workers in his house were they were Cuban people. What a world! I'm just saying they were. It's not. But so, uh, but he said this great thing. He would like to be at his desk when it was still cold. So that he would warm as his work was going. So he would warm to it as he was writing. I loved it. I was like, that's the most – what a great – That's a great uh, thing. It's beautiful, right? That he would just warm as he's writing by hand. He It would warm up and he would warm to the writing. But yes, I feel – so for me, it has to be some little bit of a ritualized thing – and then writing scenes because of the time pressure. Like if you know you have a theater book. Do you book your theater before the show's written? Or have you done no. it at the cellar well, a couple you know, times It's funny
1: first. what you said be, earlier because that's exactly right. It's like right now I could go on and do a, two hours, right? Of material, get laughs. But I don't know Complete, I'm not sure what the theme is. So I never book a theater until I know the theme. Not the material, the theme. Oh, I love that. Really? Yeah. So I don't know what my theme is. Even though there's a bunch of stuff going on, I don't know what... The, there's a few themes. You don't have an organizing... A, th- a big organizing point. Then I, I'm not going to go on, yeah. I'm
0: not going to book a theater because I don't know what my theme is. And does the theme express itself in a title right away for you?
1: Well, titles, I'm very good at titles. If you have any titles, ask me. I'm very good right. at them. Yes, you but, are. I mean, but, uh, but that
0: comes from, the, you don't start title, then theme. Or I've tried, it either way. but this
1: new thing I'm working on, I've tried titles, theme, I've, I've been doing it all, but it's not happening yet. For what it, How are you workshopping it? Uh, what are you doing? I do the, the Fat Black Pussycat, which is part of the Comedy Cellar. So they let me have Wednesday. It's when do you do? Every what's your night. night? I do like Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday usually. And what do you do? An hour. And it's just been, I mean, I feel like crying with gratitude for it. Because just the fact to have a place in the village. And it's, when I started comedy, the reason comedy seller is, you know, when I started comedy, I went down there to see a show with my friends. And I was just thinking about doing comedy. In those days, everyone smoked. I walk into this basement People are smoking. The audience is smoking. The community is smoking. It's just like kind of Israeli vibe too. And I, I was sitting there and the minute I walked in and the show started, I was like, this is what my, in my mind's eye, what comedy is. Yeah. This is what I want. Yeah. I watched it on TV and I got a hint when you see like, you know, Jan Murray, Jack Carter and they're all smoking and making a joke. But watching it there, I go, this is Lenny Bruce. This is George Carl. This is Pryor. This is what it is and i that place was like
0: an archetypical thing to me i know? mean you know for me too i mean for me yeah, that yeah. place was so i was 22 i moved to new york city havy was like my older brother for real like he would and i would spend a lot of weekends in 89 the summer of 8 the summer of 88 into all of 89 I would go with Havy and I would spend most of Friday and Saturday night, a lot of the time, at the cellar with him. Love it. It was before the table was the table. There was no table, exactly. No table. So we would stand downstairs. We would stand in that little area and, like, we'd watch Jon Stewart or Paul Provenza, Ron (laughs) Darian, Gary Laser. I mean, no, you know, Billiam. Like, we would watch all these guys do their shtick and... Uh, that was so – it was crippling to me in one way because yeah. they were all the best in the world. Right. So I know, well, I can't be a comedian. Avelis. Oh, my – every one of those guys was yeah. – Ray was there all the time. Yes. I mean, it, as as you do, I mean, I – I I'll go to my grave. One of the last things I'll think of is Ray's bit about his <laughs> on the with the young Walker yes. at the softball game, which he would do over and over. Yes. So that was a very magical, magical place. It's, a, back it's then. still a magical place. What year did you? Yeah. Well, Noam's done. I and the, have really done I a good job keeping it yeah. as a salon. Yes, you're right. For people, you're right. It's an amazing thing. And you know what they did when I I started. In, uh, what year were you starting?
1: Eighty-five. Right. 80. So. When I started there, and they've still kept it to this day. So industry big shots can't make a reservation like they can't say, "Hey, we have three people coming from HBO, so we want a table." They still have it where it's like, um, "Okay, to, who's the comedian going to say? Okay, tell that comedian to call us."
0: Right. Yes, through the comedians.
1: Whoa, that's a and they in the '80s that was a really bold move because everybody's dying for the industry. To get in, and the club tore that cloud, And he just did it this
0: way for whatever reason. No, I I, I agree. I I got to know Esty then, you know. Yes. So like, I'm in. you know, in, really, yeah. Of course. I understand. I'm grandfathered him before I had I all guess. this going. Yes. I was there with you know. I was I there. With all you guys. But it's funny when by '89 you were so famous, you weren't really yes. in the cellar on a lot I was not in the cellar because, like, I'm saying, when I was hanging there, I wasn't. It man. was John Stewart starting out, but you were already on the next. You were on the next level. I was level. not doing com. Yeah. Right. You were. Were you on remote control then? Yeah, remote control. I was on remote and control.
1: On. And I moved to LA and I started doing one man st- stuff. And then I was doing, uh, I stopped doing stand up for a couple of years. You know? Why? Because I was in LA and I was just like, I did not You were it. acting? What were you doing? No, no. I was just doing like, I was writing all this stuff. I was a little bit, I may have had, uh, you know, it may have been a, a, a slight break. Uh, um, I'm,
0: were you sober then? Yes. So you were sober, sober then, comedy. right, yeah.
1: I was sober when I started comedy. I started, that was in 83 or whatever. I mean, yeah, I got into comedy because I had nothing to do at night. Right. So I was like, I don't care anymore. Like before that, I was afraid to do stand-up. But once I gave up my love of my life, going to bars, I was like, I don't give up. I don't care if people boo me. Right. I don't care. Nothing mattered. And then luckily when I started to Santa, I was like, oh, this is kind of addictive. And it is addictive to everybody that does it, of course, you know. But I mean... uh, but So so you were in L.A.,
0: you think you had a break of some sort.
1: No, I just started writing these long things. I mean, when I look back at it now, a lot of it's good writing. Like, it really holds up. Was it a novel? No, it was sort of like... (laughs) You know, I've been obsessed my whole life with the Confederacy of Dunces, you know. Well, that's a novel. (laughs) Yeah, but it's sort of like... It just... I wrote all these, like... They were, like, stand-up poetry. It was, like, just doing stand-up in different types of forms. And I would perform it. And you would get up and talk. Would get you up and perform it, yeah. And it went okay.
0: I mean, it was you know, some people liked it, and some people were like, you know, it's kind of strange. You know? What made you do that? Do you think stop getting, stop doing stand up for those times? I mean, I just,
1: I, I, I didn't, I didn't. I mean, it's a, good, it's a funny question because I've never really explored it, but it is, it is. I think, I think, was it after? It was after after remote
0: control, remote control
1: before SNL before SNL. And I think that, I, in my mind, I just I wanted to I I didn't I didn't have it I didn't know what stand up meant to be I didn't know what I was doing with stand up I just didn't understand, like what I was trying to be with stand up so I was I was doing more one man show like I I had seen Eric Bogosian back in the '80s and it was like I was so struck by like sex drugs and the other one and I was like. That guy's doing it right. That's what I want to do. So I started playing with this one man stuff, you know, Irish wake and all that stuff. I yes. started doing, and that gave me a lot of pleasure too. But I was kind of like in between the world because I didn't want to write joke jokes. So I wasn't like a guy that just loved stand up in the in the sense that I wasn't just it had to mean some. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to get my points across, right, and say something. and Try to be,
0: you know, I knew that deep. even then.
1: Yeah, I knew that early. Well, even before. I mean, I was always a. a a pseudo intellectual. So I be no, there. that's don't do that. All bullshit. right, I'm sorry, but I'm saying you're
0: into- no. You were always an intellectual. Okay, I was. Intellectual. Right, see, that's the fucking New York Irish New York. Yes, like, but, take the piss out of yourself, guy. Well, like, yeah, you're a but, public intellectual. That's but, what you
1: are. But I, all right, so you decide if it's a pseudo intellectual. I used to walk around. I've talked about this before. I used to walk around in, when I was still drinking, with a corduroy jacket, with a copy. Of the ginger man in my back pocket. You, you, yeah, g- great
0: book. You, you can be JP, what's his name, right? Dunleavy. Yeah, JP Dunley. I wanted to be right. JP Dunleavy. Yes, I'm just glad that I had that for you, by the oh, way. I'm so glad. I'm glad Nobody I had it Nobody knows that for book. You. Yeah, I'm glad I had it for I, you. By the way, I wasn't surprised. This is what I'm going to say, though. You can be a real intellectual and an asshole at the same time. Sure you can. I'm saying so. Maybe that's oh, where yeah. you were going <laughs> with yeah. the book in no, your pocket. No. I mean, I've gone through book in my pocket periods, too. We sure. all have. But i walking around, the someone sees it on the subway. I mean, yeah. I used to Open a bar, yeah. yeah, I used to, I mean, I, after Walk around this, with what? I, when we're done with this, I'll tell you a story about a book that you will not, uh, an <laughs> yeah. asshole, did, a pseudo-intellectual moment of mine that will crush you. Yeah. You'll feel so bad for I me. I love it. Uh, I'll tell you plenty. when we're done. But, um, but so you were there yeah. trying to figure out, okay, how do I fit in?
1: How do I do, well, not so much how do I fit in, but how do I do something where I feel, oh, yeah, this is what I'm meant to do. Because when I started comedy, I was like, first day on comedy, I was like, this is what I'm meant to be. I couldn't believe it. And then over the years, I lost that, that that, joy of doing it where I was like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? I was on MTV. That was wild times, but it was nothing to do with stand-up. So I'd go on the road, and it'd be like, that was the one time I actually sold a lot where they'd be, go to a college gig, packed to the rafters, all these kids and they'll listen in, but they don't care what you're saying because they're just like, Hey, the guy from TV did just wait to sign autographs afterwards or whatever. And so, like, I'm like, No, I'm not connected, I'm not saying what I want to say. So it was it was my thing I had to figure out. Like, why aren't you getting pleasure out of doing what you what your dream it is? It didn't
0: make you feel alive for a minute then. Yeah, for like a few years. For a few years. Yeah, that's scary. And I was like, Wow. I had a little of that when we were doing like Hollywood rewrites. Like when Dave and I would get hired, oh, you know, you get hired yes, to course. go punch up Bad Boys too. Yes, yes. And, and they say to you, almost like Barton Fink, I mean, they basically say to you, you know, <laughs> do the thing you do yes. in this thing and, yes. and they'll flatter you, right? So it's like, oh, the, the characters, you, the dialogue, if we could only use that in – our thing. But then if you don't have a point of view on this stuff, you're just a hack. Right. If right, it, right what makes you good at any of this? Yeah. Point of view.
1: It's so prism through which you alchemy. see it. Yes. Right.
0: The otherwise you're just using your intellect. You're only using your intellect and craft. And then you're no better than a hundred other smart That's men and right. women. That's right. Who are out there using their craft. In your in the thing that churns for you, you could be better than anybody because right. It, it matters. So you were lost because you didn't know what mattered. That's good. Right? That's how to, great. You didn't know how to get what mattered out. That's great. How'd you solve it? By, by the first show? By making the by by, Irish by, wake? Irish
1: wake definitely helped solve it for me. So then I do Irish wake. Were you wake. talking
0: to friends? Were you talking to comedian friends? Were they saying to you, "No, what are you doing? No. You were just alone kind of? Yeah, you know how LA is.
1: It's like Barton Fink. In it, fact, it's funny you say Barton and Fink because when I saw the movie Bought and Fink I never would have gotten it to the degree I got it how much it was about LA if I hadn't been living in a building just like that at that time and I go this is the most brilliant movie because not only was it the trans- whole story arres,
0: like, trans or res yeah, when you move into that yes. place
1: and walking down those long halls and you're lost and I was
0: Wallpaper I was peeling. lost you know and then um I've had. I mean, being a but you have to. Being a screenwriter, of course. The years when you're a screenwriter and it's not going well, man, you are. I mean, you are. You really are. And like (laughs) to anyone out there listening who can't like. The, the, there's this moment in Barton Fink when he says, I was just trying to show them something beautiful. And like, it is just in the, what's inside all of us who try to do any of this. It's like, I just, I can't, you see what's in my heart? Like, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm trying to turn myself inside out. And and the guy's like, Fink,
1: I, Michael, Michael Lerner, is that, he goes,
0: yeah, Fink? the Colonel, Michael Lerner, the Colonel.
1: And he goes, I'm going to kiss your feet, Barton. No, oh, no, please gorgeous. don't do it. I'm in the old country. We respected honest. us. And he goes, I'm going to get that." He kisses his feet by the pool. Here ball. I am
0: talking to a writer about sex.
1: <laughs> He's all that stuff. My God. But anyway, but point is, that's the kind of movie. That's right. what you felt. But that's what you felt like. That's exactly what I felt like. It's, and I saw that movie three days before I left LA. And that's the only reason I got that movie. Because I was like, oh God.
0: And then you I just lived this. And day. you were already getting ready to leave. I was, I was packed. And I happened to see it. What brought you back?
1: To New York? Um, I came, I left, well, I left in between, I was, I wrote on, I came back to write on Living Color for, for six months, the final season of Living Color, so I, but what I, what I, I forget why I left, but I came back to New York, it
0: was nothing it was consequential. Did you then, yeah, did you then find the, the, the first thing Well, theme? when I did
1: New York, I mean, I did uh, Irish Wake, which was called Seven Sacraments at the time, and with Maresco, the director, yes. so when I was back there doing it, I was like, oh my God, this feels... This feels like, my. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is this kind of stuff is great. I loved it so much. My family, came. everybody came. It was like a real cathartic thing for everybody.
0: You know. And is that when you brought yourself back into the clubs in New York and started talking? I started playing in the clubs again? a little bit, but
1: I wasn't really into the clubs at that point. I was just more doing like this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Because again, clubs is a. It's still a. It's a different animal. From from this other thing, which you know what I mean. It's a different, and it's a great
0: When 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 you were hanging Animal. with these guys, you know, many people who were close friends of yours, Jerry, Adam Sandler, right. Rock. Right. You, It's clear that intellectually you're all of uh, the same... You're, you all can talk to each other about everything. I mean, Jerry's not interested in reading as much as you are, but like, right, right everybody... But you guys can all talk to each other about stuff. You're all smart. Did, what When you think about... These guys who were your close friends before they became superstars, who became absolute superstars, like right. those three guys, superstars. what did they have in common? Like what, what is it do you think that they had in common? Like did w- – w- you know, what do you think it was that made those guys who you were – you're their peer. They right. love you. They idolize sure. you, those guys. Maybe I – don't, I don't know Sandler, so I don't know how right. he feel. But, you know, those guys yeah. talk about you in reverence. Sure. Include you in everything. Right. What do you think they had in common that they became superstars like this um I
1: feel like it's different in each one of their cases but I feel like Adam like he ca- I feel like the one the one thing they have in common is they all came into it with with the preparation to be that person. I feel like they came in and they were there wasn't you know Dane cook I was thinking to Bobby Kelly about Dane Cook once and he's doing that. Boston and He's finally shooting that special. He did the tour, Boys and gone. When no one's doing this, this is like two thousand and two. Yes. And I go, I go. Is he? So Bobby, I'm talking to Bobby about it that day, and he's like, Yeah, Dane's getting ready. I go, Is he really scared? Is he nervous? Because if I was doing that at the end of this tour, all the attention is on me, positive and negative. You know, I'm like this all day. Right. And be he goes, down. he goes. I asked him. I go, Are you nervous, Dane? Bob goes, Bobby asked him. You know, and he goes, Why would I be nervous? This is what I've been working towards my whole life. Of course I'm not nervous. This is what my goal was. Right. I'm happy. And I was like, and I think they have that, like, they're not, you know, going to sabotage. They're not going to,
0: you know. They're not going to walk in the desert for, they're not going to do the Jesus walk into the desert Right. For, they're like,
1: I've been working for this my whole life. Right. Why would I, it, it's a logical way of looking at it. Where it's like, I did all this work, so I couldn't, wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like they have a very, uh, you mean they had purpose? You could you if you look they back, had a, a healthy look at. I had purpose, but I like to sabotage. I mean, I don't like to sabotage, but I'm saying, but something in certain people makes them go. You know what? I don't fucking,
0: you know. What you mean? have more Hamlet in you than they do. More, you have Hamlet? more Hamlet in you than they do, right? More sort of like right. tossing and turning about purpose, place. They don't have that self-doubt, you know, right? Hamlet's got a lot of uh, self-doubt, right? Yeah. It's sort of a defining feature, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. um, And... So, so like uh, I'll sometimes use that as a verb, like hamleting. Like you, you, you got to stop. Ha- not no, you. I, l- I, love it but, because but, but you got to uh, stop I'm hamleting. Just, no, now you
1: got me. Now you got me thinking all about right. Hamlet.
0: Yeah, just no, up, of
1: course. No, but of course I go right to Hamlet's relationship with Ophelia. Yeah, and like how he was such a dick to her. That's why. Well, he's he going through a lot. But that's why he's <laughs> he going through. But a that's lot. why Shakespeare is brilliant, because. In the middle of a play written how many hundreds of years ago, yes. he still knows. Even though this guy's a torture guy, he's being
0: a dick to his girlfriend. Yes, well. <laughs> and he drives her nuts, too. I've been listening to uh, – I love to listen to lectures about Shakespeare because I always uh, feel like I'm bad. missing So I just want to say to anyone who's listening. Yes. So these are two guys who've read a lot of stuff. Yeah. When we casually are mentioning Shakespeare, I just want to say this to anyone who's young and listening and whatever. Like, There's so much Shakespeare that I don't know. Right. And I don't really understand the way that I right. wish I did. Yeah. Like, I'm still listening to lectures on Shakespeare. I'll get in the car sometimes. But that's, and I'll put on lectures yeah. because I'm like, there's more. Like, yes. I gotta, there's more. Yeah. Like, I'm still surfacey, Or I, there's yeah. still, oh, you know, why is this play? Do I really understand Lear? I, I think I do. Right. What, right. what else is there? And that's part of the joy of living this kind of life is, is also owning all the shit that we don't really know of the course. way that we want. And
1: and knowing that it makes you a better writer just to read Shakespeare a talk. and talk human. I mean, God. for me,
0: it makes you better. Like I
1: was watching uh, Merchant of Venice the other day, Pacino,
0: and I've, I saw it live. I saw both did. Dustin and Pacino do that. Wow, those yeah incredible but go ahead you were watching it the other. oh day. yeah
1: i was just watching the other day and there's so much in merchant of venice that i never really thought about either you know what i mean oh, yeah well every like time just, you
0: see it yeah and the whole idea of pound of flesh when you really like yeah because
1: go- the guy's been but meanwhile you don't realize all these years you're like oh the merchant of venice is a prick the guy was bad-mouthing him and of being of course he, he goes oh you're the anti-semitic you talk about the jews so he wanted the pound of flesh
0: He should have... Of course. what he was fucked uh, with. He was fucked with. (laughs) So he's like, then I'm taking my... Right right in the beginning of the play, Right at the beginning, he's put in his fucking place. And then he's like, listen, now I want my fucking thing. But what he didn't understand is he he will Listen, buddy. Yeah. Listen, Shakespeare's saying this also. Listen, buddy, you're never getting your pound of flesh. Right. Listen to me. If you go through life wanting that... That's right. You're never getting it. That's right. Right? So... And Forget about also, it. And yeah, by the way, you're going to get insulted a lot. And he's also you're like, get yeah. insulted a lot.
1: He's like, and you don't understand power. Yeah. No, it's a, you're not going to have the power.
0: Well, also, just by asking me a so, pound of flesh. What's so great? Yes, of course. What's so great? Right. You, you may, the, the laws may all say you get your power. I mean, this is the <laughs> you're right back to Trump, by the way. You're right back yeah. to the, the problem is we're all on our side of this thing. We're of course. all Shylock trying to get our pound of flesh out of this situation. Yeah. But we can't you know we're not we're not gonna get it. No. It, it's you, like it's not offered to you. Uh, and, and, and you have to not want it. You what you have to do is yeah. understand you have to get past I know the insults and you have to get past what you're owed. Right. And get back to contributing. Yes. Which it seems like what you want to do. But I want to ask again about these these guys. So they had a sense of purpose and they didn't sabotage themselves.
1: They didn't sabotage. They never sabotage. That's do, what I saying. Do say you they feel like caught. they
0: were those characters from the beginning? Is that part of it? Were yes. They, like, that's just who. Because I was yes. thinking about Sandler on Remote Control. Now, I haven't seen Remote Control in 30 years. Right. But I remember Stud Boy. Like, yes. I remember every H- part. Hilarious. Of who is that fucking guy? Huh. And what. So, what? when you first saw that, how did that show up? How did he show up on the show?
1: Well, he. Oh, well, I, I knew Sandler when he was 17 and he started stand up.
0: With and Tim, like Tim writing for him and his with buddies. With Tim writing for his buddies. All
1: the, the, all the guys that are still with him, and the director's movies, and Covert, and all of them. And they went up, and they're doing a silly, like, you know, they're 17. Right. They just got to NYU. So they're doing a stupid juvenile act, and you know what I mean? And he has charisma right away, but it's like, it's not good stuff, but he's talented. But right. He goes on the road, just doing road gigs, because he's committed to comedy. He comes back six, six months later, and you're like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Right away six months. But that's still very fast. Very fast. But you look at me and go, oh, this guy is... Ho-. He just transformed. Whatever happened on those road gigs, Adam Sandler became so funny and irreverent. I used to say it was like Ian Esko type stuff. Right. Because he just... And Stud Boy is a perfect example.
0: Yeah. Surreal. You know, it's surreal and crazy. and Surreal mean, and... Yeah. yeah. So you brought... Did you bring him on to remote control? No. Maybe... I, I forget how it happened, but it was... No, I didn't bring him on, but I was... But you I heard see it, I and so that's going to... Like when Before he was that, doing that yeah. stud boy thing, you were like,
1: Oh my God. I mean, it's still the funniest because it was just so, it was deliberate. I mean, it was like handicap. It was like deliberately bad, deliberately mistimed and just <laughs> a character that it was like, wait a minute, what is this? And you sort of recognize the character, but at the same, and he would just deliberately do it off the beat.
0: Do, do you? Yeah. It was I like mean, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. No, I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> when, when, when you, uh, so when that happened, you talked about it briefly. But how you'd go to these colleges. So like, I remember going to see Ken Ober, who was the host of the show. Yeah, and we yeah, the yeah. With Carrie, and it was a weird time because the three of you—you, you, Carrie, and Ken—did yeah. get like launched into the stratosphere. Yes. And it burned those two up. It burned Ken up. It Burned clearly. Ken up. But Carrie Ca- went through a weird time. Carrie Car- went through a weird
1: time, but I don't know if that was that was her fault. Right, I agree. I feel like it was just. She here's what here's what Kari taught me, by the way, which was she I literally in she left remote control early, she had a fight with the producers. Yeah. And she was working at Fred Siegel. And I was like, what and we're still on remote control. I'm like, what? What the hell? You know, and she's like, Yeah, that's what I have to do and I'm doing. It. But I mean that really That's took awesome.
0: A, yeah. Yes. But but she went through this like uh you know, she became this B movie type thing. And huge sex symbol at the time. Sex and people symbol, went crazy for her, and it and it just great. seemed like do you think that the fact that you took a step back say, like protected you in a way from that whole I thing? I think
1: the fact that I was able to do stand-up or that I was able to get writing jobs, yes, it, prote- it definitely protected me that I had skills as to write and do other stuff. Like I feel like that protected me. You
0: know what I mean? Like, yeah. that I no, was out there trying, yeah. trying to be an actor. Yeah. That you worked on your brain. Like you yeah. worked on yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of, because a lot of people, you become famous at 30 you stop – a lot of people stop working on themselves. Like people often sure. say the first two years you become famous, you're kind of worthless because you – right? right Everyone – no one says no to you. Your world – you're in a swirl. But you somehow didn't let yourself get lost.
1: Yeah, because I mean – By getting
0: lost maybe. But
1: like you said, because I didn't have the, the, the luck or whatever it was to move forward at that point, I had no choice but to get a little bit of like, okay, what are you going to do with your life you know, whatever combination of things that happened that made me become a... Were you out there going out for sitcoms
0: and stuff, though? No. Uh,
1: well, I, the one thing... I know you got... Yeah. When I first was on, like, 89, whatever it was. So I go to L.A., and I'm on MTV. So, there's, you know, it's not like today kind of heat, but it's heat where they all bring me... They come also, All the networks come in, see me at this big meeting, all yeah. the production companies. They all come and see me doing a set of the improv. Goes great. So... You know, long set. They're like, "Oh, this is the guy." You know, next guy. They bring me into all these meetings, and I'm sitting there. But nobody tells me. My my, my agent doesn't tell me. You know, the producers, the writer of the show in TV. Yeah. Because I think producer like in a movie. Right. So I don't know. if the producer the same as the writer?
0: Right. So I'm reading the yeah, scripts. Yeah. Right. Like executive producer right. is there.
1: Yeah. So it's all sitcoms. I'm reading the scripts, uh. and I'm sitting there, and I'm arrogant, you know. And then they go, "What do you think of the script?" It's hacky, but me and a couple of my friends could f- make it funny.
0: <laughs> I say this at four meetings in a row. Before
1: you know, and I'm talking to my uh, manager on the phone. I mean, my agent on the phone, and it's like that Phil Hartman thing. What did what did they think of me? They hated you. What? what Maybe they hated me. And he goes, "What did you say?" I go, "Nothing." I went in. We had a meeting, discussed the script, like, and then finally it's the four. We go. He goes the. The producer is the writer. I go, Jesus Christ. You could have told me that ahead of time, <laughs> by the way. But, but you know, he thought I knew. Yeah, I shouldn't have known. And um, so, anyway, so I ended up like, you know, I, did, I certainly didn't do myself. And I was a terrible actor, I was a very bad actor. So then they'd read, they would have figured it all, I'm sure. But I'd read, and I'd be doing rookie mistake number one, which happens in a lot of stand ups, which is like, I have to entertain people. Right. I have to be funny, and I have to push and entertain everybody with the script. I take the dialogue. I'm going to enhance it instead of just living. Yeah. Ru- literally. Rule number one of acting. I didn't understand, and yeah. I studied a little bit, but I just but you didn't were just get in it. it well, also the nerves. It makes you push. You no, know, I was just stupid. I mean, it was. It wasn't the nerves. It was the fact that I, I didn't how understand. Bad you really wanted
0: it. Did you I really want it badly?
1: I, but I didn't understand the basic thing of acting. Well, I wanted the money. Yes. So I was like this. So I'm reading the script, and I'm like, yeah, and trying to slice it up. And one time. They fly me in from uh, from Kansas. I had a gig in Kansas. They flew me in. I think it was NBC. They flew me in for this part. Because my first audition, for whatever reason, accidentally, I was really good. So they're like, this guy's great.
0: We got Yeah, he's our guy.
1: I, I forget what happened, but I was fine. Because I, I think I I had taken an acting class and it went good. So now they fly me in from the gig. They're like a special... Fly, I don't know if it was a private... It was something where... the middle of Kansas, some college gig. And they fly me in because all the networks are the next day and they're all excited about me doing the fucking part. So I fly in. It's like 15 of them in the room. That's a very... Yeah. I, But it's not intimidating to me. I go like this. They're talking to me. Ask me a couple of questions beforehand. I'm killing them. Killing them. They're like... You can just see. They're like, okay, we got this show. It's fucking 13 episodes. Uh. I'm just... I'm killing them. We start to read and... And I'm like, I still don't understand what I'm doing wrong, but I'm just trying to be entertaining and trying to be like the, whatever the pot was. I'm just like trying to just every mistake an acting can make. And when I left, you just saw the energy drain. I was oh, dead. Oh, you knew it. You knew you were dead. Oh yeah. Everybody knew. It was sick. Like, what happened? I had
0: one of those once with somebody where I brought an actor in and he just, oh, it's a terrible feeling. You want it so bad for them. All right. Just a couple more questions and then I'm going to sure. uh, let you go. Uh when you look at the world, because I look at your show, yeah, it, it, you know, is what is it the Randy Newman line, uh, "The end of an empire is messy at best." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, uh, you know, do you feel like we're at the end? Like, is it fixable? Is it recoverable? Is it? Are we? Are we? Are we doomed to just fracture until there's nothing left?
1: Yeah, I know. I I often ask that question in my show, and I was like. What is our end game? Yeah, you do ask it in the show. So nobody has the end game. Nobody thinks in the terms of an end game. Like what's gonna happen here? You know what I mean? But and you're uh, thinking
0: about it. So what do you think?
1: I mean, I don't unlike everybody else, I have no fucking clue where any of this goes. I don't understand. There's never been anyone on the horizon. I feel like if somebody brilliant came along and kind of uh, one people over it wouldn't work anyway because people wouldn't really comprehend what they were doing. You know, like if there was some great leader that came in and we're like, oh this person's the answer, which well, they never is.
0: We missed it because I missed it, right? Because to me, Barack Obama is that person. For me personally, Barack Obama was that person. Ah. Right, but but this is what I'm yeah. saying what I missed right. was he was that person for me and my people extended. And and for a lot of Americans, oh right, was they just- didn't he wasn't that to them. Right. Uh, so he wasn't a unify. he unified a lot of people, but he, I guess, wasn't really a unifier of the nation.
1: Well, it's impossible to be a unifier for the nation. I mean, that's, that's the problem. That's why I say we should split up because nobody's going to unify this nation. It's an impossible task. I mean—
0: Yeah, 13 know, was hard uh, enough. Yes. Exa- I always say that. 13 know, didn't work. No, it's your work. line, oh, yeah. okay. I think. Yeah, it's your line. 13
1: didn't work. Right. How the fuck is 50s? Right, it was already
0: hard. Yeah. At 13,
1: it was rough. Yeah. Tough. And it's like I say, it's it's two naive ways of looking at this country, which is the left sees it like everything's corrupt. They I think that this. makes them intelligent to look at things skeptically. And the right thinks it's just this you know perfect thing that's being destroyed. So it's like two sides that are just surface horseshit. You know what I mean? But, you know. Do you have any hope? Um, yeah, I always have hope. I mean, I always believe something. Th- I always think something's going to happen, but like a natural disaster type thing would help because then All right,
0: let's all pray for a national. Let's hope. Well, no, like after
1: 9-11, nobody honked their horns for two months. Remember? Right. The streets. And I was like, oh, people can behave correct if they if they
0: want to. If they understand. If they want. All right. I don't want a national disaster, but I, but I, but I do. A natural disaster or national, but I do want- um us all to find a way to come together. Last question, and it's smaller one. I'm, it's about you, really, which is, for years and years, the generations of comics under you have talked about you as their mentor, as their guide. I mean, you know the role you fill for a lot of them. Even as we were talking about Dan Soder when you started, because I saw him destroy last night in his HBO special. You're, um, I'm wondering, can so he's 36, Dan. Jay is like around the same age. The group under him, I guess, was like Che's group. They're slightly younger. Hmm. Are you still finding yourself interested in talking to the very – like when the new people come in, are you – can you relate to them, the 23-year-olds and 24-year-olds? Are they still leaning on you? Does it still happen? Well, there's no
1: 24-year-olds at the Comedy Cellar. You know what I mean? You have to be like those guys. I mean, those guys are like – you have to be like a hardcore. So I don't really talk to 23-year-olds. I mean, I wouldn't know. But I mean, so I mean –
0: But, uh, yeah, so I won't know until... I mean, that's still the young class to you. It's still that class. Yeah, oh, yeah. Joe List is like, those are the... But that's the young guys still. Mark, those are the young guys. And
1: they're doing it like 12 years, you know. Yeah. And you all like hardcore great comics. Yeah,
0: every one of them is a murderous (laughs) row. Soda, I
1: mean, it's ridiculous. They're
0: all hilarious. I mean, Soda,
1: if Soda's not like the best radio guy ever, I don't know who is, this guy will do like 30 voices, but they're not voices you've ever heard. It's no,
0: so, you know what I mean? No, he's the best. I know the truth is Dan is also the hardest. I mean, I, he's, there's nobody harder working than Dan. That's great. And, you know, and Goldman, for me, did the special. Oh, me? Uh, yes. I think Goldman's special is as it's, good as it, it gets. As good as it And that's I gets. put in all the time and all the work. Exactly. And, and he had something to say. I mean, and that's what you're really talking about. so,
1: yeah, and so, and said it in joke, for, like his whole special is him saying it, but
0: Funny, funny, you're
1: laughing the whole time.
0: Does this get you? Yeah, and he talks about my wife in the middle of it. She's the person who said the the thing to him, where she said to him, uh, oh. "You got about four years left." Wow, like, you know, that's my wife. So we were there that night. That's what yeah, Amy said to him. You got about Gary. <laughs> if you don't get it together, you got about you got about four <laughs> years left, and then oh my it's God. over. She, I she love just her. Said it. She laid it out there. I love her. She laid it uh, out there to him. Does that's it get crazy. you crazy? So this will really be the last question. So. Uh, when I was talking to Amy about this, she just directed her first movie and she's editing now. And I was talking to her about that feeling when I can't solve an editing problem, you know, structural. I'll walk around for days and I'll be – it. it's never not in the back of my mind. It's like when you're – like now, you got these two hours of material but you can't locate the theme yet. Yeah. Does it drive you nuts?
1: Well, like what probably happens to you, what drives me nuts is – the chance, and there's always a good chance, that I'm going to pick a theme and
0: it's the wrong one. Oh. <laughs> but you won't, because you know, actually, you won't. Yeah. When you were younger, you might have. Yeah. I don't think you will now. But I'm so afraid like, of
1: not hit. like before I did Unconstitutional, yes. there was like a four-month lull between when I finished doing it and when I shot it. And in that four months, I was like, you idiot. You're supposed to put all of them in the order. I hadn't been doing them... It, oh, really? In the right order. And I was like, why? How could you have missed the one structural? Because I was like, all oh, the concerts. This was like, after I Broadway was, or before
0: Broadway? I was off Broadway. With oh, them. okay. Oh, yeah. Right. It was
1: after I'd done it off Broadway and done it on the road a little right. bit. And I was like, oh, And i had like eight more shows, thank God. And I just put it in the order of first, second, third.
0: Yeah, of course. That's the greatest, isn't it? Oh, when you have those thank mars- God. But you can't have. That's the thing about the theme. You'll find it, but that's how it happens. Yeah. When it locks in, you know it's in. Yeah. For me, anyway. When I finally have yeah. the answer. I'm in the wilderness, and then it's like, oh, I know. But God. it
1: takes, but it takes all that ugly work. Like people, and, right? Like people you don't like, lie oh to oh my yourself. God, you're yeah. so lucky. And you're like no, no, I have to be the dumbest person for ten days or twenty weeks. Yes,
0: and then and, and you have to not lie to yourself. The other thing is, because yeah. actually, the truth is, you know when it's the wrong idea but the pain of not having the right idea is so great that you can lie to yourself, but you know it. Some part of you knows you didn't solve it
1: yet. I always say the the, the, the thing about writing, I always tell people when they, the young comedians ask me, I go... You have to have the humility to realize you're not a genius. That's the most important thing,
0: right? All right. That's a perfect ender. You can find Colin. He is still the funniest person on Twitter when he feels like tweeting. <laughs> I, what's your name on – it's Mr. – what's your name on Twitter? I am Twitter? Colin Quinn. I am Colin Quinn. You can find me at Brian Koppelman. You can email me at the momentBK at gmail.com. Thank you, Colin, for coming back. Thanks, Thanks to everybody. Brian. Talk soon.